Welcome to Storytelling Secrets. This is the podcast for coaches, consultants, and course creators who want to unlock their core stories and use the stories to sell more online. It's a place to master persuasion and influence so you can build a deep relationship with your audience. And it's a place where real-world marketing strategies, tips, and lessons are shared freely. If that interests you, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Jules Dan, and I've battled my way from being a broke group fitness instructor to a full-time, in-demand, freelance email copywriter. Now, I'm ready to get to work. Follow along on my journey as I share my everyday hard-won lessons. I'm Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Hey, so my guest today is Gillian Bowen. Now, it's really interesting because as you probably know, a podcast, listen to one right now, is the best way to grow your authority really quickly. Why is that? Well, I don't know. For some reason, people just have this aura about podcasts. There's something there's something about it. Um, can't put my finger on it, but it's really cool, right? And um, the worst way to get on a podcast is a template, templated message. The best way... This is something I use all the time, and I learned a few tips from my guest today, Jillian, is to personalize it. And personalizing, yeah, it takes a bit more time, but you want results, right? Wouldn't it be worth more while to personalize it, get a result, than just bang your head against a wall that your shotgun template is not working? I would say the former would be better, wouldn't you? But anyways, so I'm going to really enjoy diving into all the tactics and strategies that Jillian uses, and she also tells you how to be a ripper guest so that, you know... You might be able to get onto more shows, promote your stuff better, that sort of good thing. And she's also an Aussie, so, you know, good to have another Aussie on. Without further ado, here's my guest, Gillian Bowen. G'day. Hey, this is Jules Dan from Storytelling Secrets. I'm joined by Gillian Bowen from JillianBowen.com. Gillian, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Jules, how could I not? You are the best, the best, the best when it comes to sending emails and I get a lot of emails and I get a lot of requests for lots of different things. Wow, do you cut through? You cut through everything. So I couldn't resist. Oh, I was not expecting that kind of flattery. Thank you. Thank you. That's really, really nice. Yes, I'll give you my PayPal account in a moment. But no, no, (laughs) kidding, 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 kidding. But but before we – so just to preface the the podcast episode today, Julie and I were talking about – Let's talk about getting on booked onto podcasts because, <laughs> frankly, there are so many bad different ways, different agencies selling. Oh, we'll get you booked onto shows with some of the worst pitches you can imagine. But before we get into the garbage, I want to get into the good stuff of Jillian and figure out, you know, how did you get to where you are where you are right now? I'd love to hear your Cliff Notes backstory. Oh, the backstory. I'm going to try and do this as briefly as possible because I think I've been one of those people in my life where I love conquering new things all the time. So I've had a few steps in my process, but I started out in PR of all things just before social media became a thing. And social media became a thing. So as a PR person, I went, oh, that looks more interesting. I'm going to get into social media. Mm-hmm. And then as I got into social media, I started to realize 
this, we can do whatever we want here. Like no one gets what we're doing and we just do whatever we want. There's no strategy. There's no measurement. Everyone just goes do social media. And next step for me was trying to get into that broader digital marketing, full-blown strategy side of going, how is this actually a business, not a hobby, not a game? And that led me into the big corporate world where I got to do amazing things with huge budgets and lots of different clients and had people constantly telling me what to do and what not to do. You know, corporate, not very agile. You know, you sit there and go, wow, there's this new app we can use. And they'll go, sure, we'll uh, set up a working group and we will test that for about 600 years. And then we'll tell you, no, you can't use it. So I decided to switch to my own business. Along the way, I started teaching because there's a bit of a lack of really experienced digital marketers who also teach. And then more recently, I started doing learning experience design. So I've started actually developing course material around engagement. So how's that for a different journey? Well, it's pretty cool because... um course engagement is one of those things that we really need to fix as an industry because too many marketers who aren't educators get into it and uh, kind of oh. stuffs it all up. But I, but I don't know. I'm very thankful. I haven't been in corporate. I came from a group fitness background, so <laughs> I don't know what it's like, but I can imagine being told, Oh yeah, we'll consider it. And then them not really giving a shit about your ideas. It, oh, that would crush your spirit a bit. They don't. And look, it's the nature of the game and there's nothing wrong with corporate doing that because there is a rhyme and reason for it. Often you're dealing with um, organizations that are big. They're really big. They have to have rules in place or else chaos breaks out. They have privacy breaches. They have hacks. There's good reason, but Hey, as a small business, you have that ability to be agile and you have that ability to add humor and personality to what you do. And that whole element of storytelling that I know you're very passionate about, I'm incredibly passionate about as well, is really, really hard to achieve with authenticity in corporate because there's all those restrictions in place, whether it's the technical restrictions or whether it's the, oh, this is our brand and this is how we express it. And it's a great place to learn. And I thoroughly recommend it to people in terms of if you want a regular paycheck and if you want to learn a lot and you want to get mentored through things. But if you are like jumping off the cliff and seeing what happens, probably not your place. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was a good reason for me not to go into corporate. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks for that tip. Hey, um, so, okay. So, and what are you focusing on right now in your biz? In my biz, I am actually, I look, I always keep one digital marketing client. Yeah. Um, because I really believe that to teach, you have to also practice. Yeah. I think it's so important that you're not just on your own business. I see a lot of people out there that are in the online course world or on the online coaching world. And with all due respect, all they've ever done is put their tactics in place for their own business. When you have a client, it changes the parameters. It's different niches, Mm. different audiences. So I do still have one client. I always have one client. This one I've had for about six months. 
But predominantly these days I am teaching and I am teaching digital marketing students and I'm doing learning design. So I'm actually developing learning experiences because I think, you know, as you said, there's some real, I'm trying to say this really politely, there's some really crappy courses out there and people are doing this from the wrong motivation. They want this whole passive income and great learning experiences are about actually enjoying it, not just buying it, completing it. And it was really funny recently because I do, I work with a couple of colleges as well. I don't just have my own students and there's this grading system. I can't even tell you what it's called at the moment because I'm so not into these systems, but it basically grades people based on the feedback of their students and how they're progressing. And I just started mentoring one of their digital marketing classes and during one of their big group calls, their huddles as they call them, yep. they said I had a, um, a 67 rating and I'm like, crap, that's bad. What have I done? Like, oh my goodness. C plus. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was just going, well, I, I frankly actually did it as a B minus. Thanks Jules. Oh, but <laughs> <laughs> I was really concerned by it. Cause I thought, I thought my class was really happy and I kind of quietly sent a Slack message to someone and went, why is everyone saying that's good? Like, is, is the bar so low these days? And she came back and she laughed and she said, no, the scale goes from minus 100 to plus 100. So it's actually a 200 scale from yeah. minus 100 to plus 100 and you're a 67. She said, that's phenomenal. She yeah. said the industry average is less than 50, something like 20 or 30. Um, and she said, that's one of the highest ratings we've got. And I just sat there and went, that's why I do it. <laughs> How does the grading work? I'm, I'm a bit confused. Oh, it's, it's, I don't really get it myself, but it basically it starts at minus 100. Yeah. So basically imagine if you were rating someone on a scale of, you know, when you get those scales and zero is yeah, whatever. And then you kind of go minus one is not so good. And plus one is okay. Well, no, so, that's why I was, that's why I was like, I'm a bit confused, but yeah, continue. So zero is kind of in the middle. Yep. yep. Um, so being at 67, you're actually towards the top end of it. So it's like, it's like being at 167 out of 200, if that makes sense. You're doing a good job. It's more than a C plus. I look, you know what? That's what, if I couldn't get that kind of reaction from students, then I wouldn't be doing it. Cause to be honest, working with colleges and things like that, the money's not as nearly as good as you can get doing something yourself. But I think it's a great opportunity to test some of the things I'm doing and it exposes you to a whole new group of people all the time. So yeah. I like mixing up the different places that I teach and that I develop learning because it, it just keeps me really fresh and always taking on new things. Exactly. And I love how you you do what you teach and you at least have one client because one of my mentor who I'm still with, he's, he's been doing copywriting for 20 years and he does not like copywriters who have hung up their boots after 10 years and all they do is teach, but they haven't written a word in five, 10 years. And they're not really attuned with the market, which is really important. So I think that's a key lesson for anyone who wants to look for a mentor is do they do what they teach? 
Uh, yes, please. Thank you. If I was all religiously inclined, I'd say amen. A hundred percent. Because if you're not doing it, it changes. Everything we do changes. Okay. There are natural born writers. Absolutely. I like to think I'm one of them. I'm sure you like to think you're one of them too. We know that we naturally are comfortable in that space. As we also know, it's a skill that you practice and you refine and you improve and trends occur, changes occur, you learn from it. So just because you write something that's bloody amazing doesn't mean it's going to work. Things change. And as we know from the online world, how you write copy has completely changed in the last few years. You have to be always evolving with your craft. Mm. And if you're not, yeah, it's to be frank, I'm going to be controversial and say, get off your butt and stop being so lazy. Well, it's not controversial because I know taking action is one of those things that seem to elude all of us. But <laughs> but, but anyways, uh, let's talk about uh, getting on a podcast because we will oh. rephrasing that on to start. Um, can you paint the picture a little bit for my audience of how not to do it? <laughs> Well, number one, start with the question, why do you want to be on the podcast? Like everything else, it always starts with why. So I think people just think, oh, I need to be on a podcast. But the biggest thing I see underlying all of the bad, bad pictures that I've seen, and I'm sure you've seen. I've got a squat file of them. (laughs) Yes. Is a basic misunderstanding of why they're doing it in the first place, what they're hoping to achieve. So they're just thinking, I have to get on a podcast. I saw someone who ironically teaches people how to get onto podcasts talk about, she went through this whole thing where she set herself a challenge to get on 100 podcasts. And I thought, how many times do we have to say quality, not quantity to people? Yes. It's like when some people use the hook, I'll get, I'll guarantee you 500 leads this month. (laughs) What's the F am I going to do with that many leads? (laughs) Exactly. It's, you know, they're only good leads if you can convert them and preferably turn them into lifetime customers. Uh, It's the same with podcasts. I, (laughs) I think that is the underlying problem as I see it coming through Uh, People, for a start, they are not actually really thinking about the podcaster and making it easy for them. So we can criticize all the bad pictures as much as we want, and there's plenty of those. But the number one mistake I see is that people are not making it easy for the podcaster to bring them on board. So they're just being lazy. I have had LinkedIn messages just going, hey, love your podcast. Can I come on? And it's like, did you even read, listen to an episode or? <laughs> I think I used to be a little bit more brutal and go back and say, well, can you make a little bit more effort here? You know, I don't, why should I do the work? I'm the one with the podcast. I'm the one that's got over a hundred episodes out there that I've slaved over. Uh, you need to earn your spot on my podcast, if I wanted you so badly, I would have actually found you and asked you to come on my podcast, not the other way around. Mm. And it is really a case of people just send these really, really average pictures. They just kind of send this, oh, you know, can I 
biggest. And it's like, well, make it so easy for me that I don't say no. And I've had people come on just for that reason, even though I wasn't a hundred percent convinced. So yeah, the, and nothing is worse than someone just sending you that message that says, oh, look, I'm an expert in what I do. So, you know, you're going to love me on your podcast. (laughs) I know, right. We we can get into all the bad things and what not to do. I would a hundred percent, if I want to hear your tips first, and then I'm happy to share if, if there's no overlap, I'm happy to share some of my findings too. Uh, on what to do, what to do, how to do, how yes. to actually get on and not sound, not get that repulsive reaction that you're just talking mm. about. Uh, number one, listen to the podcast first. Yep. So uh, it seems obvious, but a lot of people don't. Um, number two, when you're listening, take a look back through at least the last 10 to 20 episodes yep. and the topics that have been covered yep. and make sure you are not pitching a topic that has already been covered really recently. Yep. Yep. Waste of time for both of you. Uh, speaking of which, you know, if you're going to actually do this, give that person an idea of what you want to talk about. So actually up front, say to them, here are three to five topics that we could cover or questions that you could ask me. And the person sees that and instantly you've made it easy for me to think how I might build an episode around what you do. It never hurts. I never, never, never hurts to actually reference another episode and say, I heard you do this in this episode. And I thought, you know, that was really effective. And if we had a chat, I could actually do this with you Mm. on the show Um, but, and I've probably got a thousand other tips, but my absolute, the best tactic I ever saw, because it went straight to the heart of why podcasters love this thing. Someone sent me a message saying, I listened to this episode, loved it so much that I've just left you a review. And by the way, while I'm here, Maybe, you know, if you're looking for someone to talk about this, this or this in the future, let's talk about it. Seriously, that was so smart. And you don't see a lot of people doing it, but every podcaster loves reviews because reviews help your podcast get found. It helps the algorithm. And when someone actually takes that time to give you that sort of effort, for a start, you're going to stop and look anyway. And did they leave a screenshot of the review as proof as well? Uh, I can't remember to be honest with you, but it was, it was there. I did check. I know that much. There was genuinely a review there and mm. it was a thoughtful review. Like it was a review that actually pulled out several points from the episode and look, needless to say, it was really, it was really interesting. Um, it wasn't actually the person themselves, like the person that did it works for a guy called, Ben Shapiro, not the Ben Shapiro everyone thinks, but the Ben Shapiro that runs the Martech podcast. Yes, yes. I I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, He's awesome. He's a great guy. And instantly it was like, yeah, I want to talk to this guy just because I, and I actually, when we were talking, I actually said to him, you know, this person that works for you, such cut through doing that. And it was actually the start of a really great um, ongoing relationship for us in that 
I then went and did his podcast and he just sent me an email the other day about something and that's how great relationships work. So if I was going to choose one tip, remember that you're dealing with a human being. Treat them the same way you would anybody in your life. Asking to go on a podcast is the equivalent of asking someone for a favor. So Mm. you don't just sit there and assume that you deserve it or anything like that. And even if you do, even if you really do deserve it, being a little bit humble is going to actually make most people sit up and take notice. Yeah. And I absolutely loved how at the end there, they weren't really pushy. They were just sort of very easy and going like, look, if this is something you want to work with, we can do it. If not, no stress. I understand. Yeah. And just giving first, obviously that's the number one thing. <laughs> so how are those? There's, there's a few tips. You must have a few yourself though. Yeah. Uh, I really like that. One thing you, you, you may have noticed, and I'm not sure which email you got. I've refined over the, over the months, but I do love to point out the common enemy and the common enemy is are the podcast agencies and how how terrible uh, the pitches are and mm. and how blatant copy paste pitches you get and just hand them back and then I'll give them something good like look I actually listened to your show and I, um, I left a video sort of invitation and I personalize the heck out mm. of it so they feel listened to because that's the number one thing like in how how to win friends and influence people it's we want recognition and praise. And your review idea just takes that to the next level. Um, I might actually do that instead of a video. If, <laughs> But, you know, maybe I can do both and just get an even more better response. I Look, I think it's pretty clever. As you say with those podcast agencies, you know, they're, they're pretty, some of them are really slick, but at the end of the day, they're not really that interested in creating the right fit. They're interested in placing people in a certain number of interviews per month and that's how they're going to earn their money Mm. you've got to be really aware of if you're thinking about going out and wanting to get on podcasts be really aware of that be really aware that you are not necessarily going to have someone that's always thinking is this a really good fit do the people that listen to this podcast are they the same audience that you are looking for how do you match up? Um, if, like I said, there's so many tips we could give and it's made me think already of another one is that obviously another thing that people will be really keen, number one, if, if they don't know who you are, give them a link to a video or an audio that you've done elsewhere so they can actually hear that you are capable of stringing a sentence together. That's key, yeah. Yeah, that's key. And but a lot of people don't do it. Like I sit there all the time and go, I, I've had to actually email people back and say, really love your topic, but can I hear you speak? Uh, uh, Yeah. It's not just about being, you know, able to say things. It's also about whether or not I think the chemistry is going to be there because my podcast, and I think for you as well, it's about having a conversation with someone, isn't it? You're like, I said this before, like we started this episode, I love to have a one-on-one conversation. And that's because when we have, when you have someone who comes on, they're an expert in their field and they want to give you all the straight how-to facts and stuff. It can feel like a lecture more than some, you know, ran by the coffee chat. I don't know how to describe it, but <laughs> totally different dynamic. And um, 
I'm, I, I wish we could get more data from listeners, like doing polls inside the app. Like that would be just nuts. Like yes. w- what kind of conversation would you like this week? But we can't have that. So we just have to go for a gut feel. We do. Look, I think that's the thing is that people want to be part of a conversation. And, you know, my number one red flag is people that talk about when they talk to the listeners. Um, And I actually often have to say to people beforehand, please don't talk directly to the audience in that way as though they're a pool of people. I use the word you. I use the words we. I treat every listener because the fact is most people listening to your podcast are on their own. They're not sitting in an audience of people. You are in their ear. And that's why podcasting is so powerful is it's incredibly intimate experience. So don't break the intimacy by saying, well, listeners, let's do this next. It's like suddenly the person just feels like they're one of thousands. Well, I guess I've been making that mistake because in my solo show, that's a good, my solo show, it's interesting. I address everyone as you, one-on-one conversation. And then with a guest, it's it's kind of like, let let, let the listeners know. So I'm going to take that advice on board. Thanks. Thanks for that. Look, it's something that I was taught by someone in radio many years ago who said, look, the thing is, is great radio people, they never talk to a group. They talk to one person and you've, you've always just got to, think but it's like all great content is positioned in the way that the audience is going to receive it so you know if you are talking to an audience in an auditorium of course you're talking to everybody there but you know what even you see the greats in that space like the Tony Robbins types people they will sit there and they will say you 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 all the time they personalize it and make crazy eye contact too Oh yes, that's a bit creepy, but yes, they do. You ever been? Uh, to, you ever been to a sales event or like a pitch fest, and where they make crazy eye contact with you, like you know they're talking directly at you, and you're like, "Holy shit, how do they do that?" Uh, yeah, I don't like that sort of stuff. I find that a bit. I'm look. I love the online world. I love being a little bit anonymous sometimes, and just being able to keep one step removed. I am not an introvert. I'm what's called an ambivert. I can be extroverted at times, but I I can also be really introverted at times, depending on the circumstance. So that's interesting. I feel the same way. Is it kind of like you enjoy, really enjoy social interactions, but you know, when they say extrovert, they say you gain energy when you go around people, whereas you enjoy people, but afterwards you do need some time off to recharge. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's in that space. And I think it's often defined as it, it's situational. So it's it's individual for every person, but extroverts tend to actually constantly build on the energy around them. And introverts really do like avoid it. Whereas I find that if you give me a reason for being somewhere, I the extrovert in me comes out. So if I'm booked to do a keynote at an event, I'm larger than life. If I get on a Zoom call where I'm teaching the class, mm-hmm. I'm in there. But if you put me in a place, if you invite me to a party and I know no one else, that's, that's I will hard. frankly wet myself in the corner before I speak to someone. Uh, okay. Okay. Interesting. So the idea of going to a networking event and knowing absolutely no one, <sighs> not, not fun. Oh, God, I'd rather pull my fingernails out. <laughs> 
I've got many funny stories about that. <laughs> hey, hey, I, w- I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about you, Jillian. Oh, and we've I got love- to do one more thing. I forgot one yes, tip. Yes, I'm yes, so yes. sorry. I was yeah, going go to it. put this tip in there. This is a really good one too for most podcasters because it's quite a hard medium to actually promote. And if you have any kind of social media following or you have a database of people on your email list, when you're doing the pitch, just make note of how you will support the episode when it comes out. So let them know that, you know, you have X number of people on Instagram and that, you know, when the episode comes out, you will do a story, you will share it out there. Um, And that, that tends to get people's attention as well. Exactly. Like an an incentive in the PS always really helps what's in it for the other person because we're all self-motivated people. Yes. (laughs) All right. Now you can talk about me. You notice there you go. The the introvert kind of went, ha ha, I can get away from talking about me. (laughs) That's all good. That's all good. I love how our names are Jillian and Julian, but (laughs) (laughs) anyway, hey, so what's, what's the, what's your focus and your vision for the next six, 12 months inside your business? Uh, I am doing a little pivot again at the moment and Mm -hmm. I have decided that my next step is is that I want to really niche down and focus on coaching and training up digital marketers on how to do online courses and online learning experience people who are already doing it like new people new yeah new people people that are our current digital marketers in their own business or working in corporate that are interested in getting into the industry because i am really enthusiastic about getting more practitioners into the online training space because i think they really know what they're talking about at the moment i think we've got a bit of an imbalance of people who are really great at doing online courses, but don't have a broad knowledge of digital marketing. And we've got a great group of digital marketers that don't necessarily know how to teach what they do. So I want to try and bridge that gap and get some really build up and add some more credibility and authenticity to what's available online in digital marketing by helping people understand what that learning experience is and yeah, so well, frankly, passive income interest people do not apply, but, you know, I'm all about how you actually go on a journey with people you're teaching. Yeah. And so so mainly you're helping people who are the technicians, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you're going to yeah. have to teach them how to grow an audience too? Not necessarily. Um, I may look at that kind of as peripheral things, but the focus is on teaching them how to create a learning experience. So, you know, there's plenty of people that can teach them how to create funnels and do Facebook ads, and they can probably do some of it themselves. A lot of them know how to grow an audience. That's the whole point. They're digital marketers. Yeah. They, they actually do know how to do that. Uh, what they don't know is how to create such a great experience for people that they come and they learn with you. And they go through the whole process and then they become an advocate for you. Yeah. Raving fans out of your content and not mm. fall into the 97% of people who don't finish your shit, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Anyone that is aiming for anything less than an 80% completion rate on any course they're putting out, honestly, raise the bar. Make it a bit harder on yourself because I tell you what, they'll actually enjoy what they're doing more than something that you know, one person in 10 finishes because eventually you kind of wake up in the middle of the night and go, 
kind of feel a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, right. People are giving me money for this and never using it. Well, some of us do. Some people will sleep easy at night. Others others have a big heart. <laughs> so yeah. depends how you roll, but I, I would prefer to be in that eight out of 10 people who finish my stuff. Yeah. So to order, in order to achieve you completing this pivot, what mm. is that little scary thing that you need to focus on in order to overcome and you can achieve your goal? Uh, I am risk averse at the best of times. So I tend to... <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I am risk averse at the best of times. So I tend to look for crutches. So I don't back myself as much as I should. So I'll take on client work or I'll take on contracts from people for a lot longer than I should. So for me to actually make that happen, I need to commit to backing myself. So I need to go it's okay. I actually can pay the bills without taking on all of that additional work. I want to focus just on my business as in that part of my business, Mm -hmm. not on the other stuff. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Got some good notes here throughout the whole podcast. (laughs) Jillian, where is the best place for my audience to find you? Oh, look, I would say um, I'm kind of everywhere, but JillianBowen.com is my fabulous website that I put all my energy into right now. Um, Instagram, though, is probably my favorite of the socials. And there is my one social media stuff up because I didn't grab my name fast enough. So on Instagram, I am at JillianBowenContent. Okay, cool. At Jillian Bowen Content. And the name of your podcast? Is The Content Fix. Cool. Okay, nice. And do you have anything to give away to my audience, and my, to the, the listener who's listening to this right now, one, one-on-one? <laughs> oh, do you know what? I, I hadn't thought about it, uh, but what I might do is if anyone goes onto Instagram, has listened to this, and uh, sends me a DM saying you heard this and is interested in maybe doing a 15-minute, 20-minute quick one-on-one call to find out where they're at in their business or any topic that I talk about. And I'll happily do that for sort of the first maybe four or five people that send that through. If there's more than that, might do a group. How about that? Okay, we got five people. We've got to put some urgency on that Um, and... You know, there's going to be good stuff coming your way. I'll give you a link. <laughs> Listeners, the listener, I will give you a link. I tell you what, I'm going to make that easier. I'm yep. going to make yep. that easier. I am going to give you a link to my booking system and I will take the first five people who want to sign up and I will do a coaching session, a one-hour coaching Ooh. session with five people and I'll put a couple of times on there just in case. So we might get a few extras, but I'm only promising five. But I'll give you a link to that booking so people can just go straight in there and book. Nice, nice. This will be going live in August. So we've got some time to think of those sexy bullets to get people so, uh, interested. Ooh, yeah, I might come up with some really cool themes. I don't know, just we could do one together. How about we do some, some interesting little workshop together? Could be fun. Uh, uh, could be yes. good. Could be good. 
August. Gosh, she said that's not that far away. I think <laughs> this year is going as fast as last year did and with just as many hiccups. <laughs> yeah. You in Melbourne right now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> High five. <laughs> Are you Melbourne? Yeah, I'm in Melbourne. Oh my goodness. Hello. I, just, I thought it was Sydney for some reason. No, nah, I'm in Melbourne. No, Hello, I'm in Melbourne. lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll wrap up the episode though. We can we can chat about all all <laughs> all the lovely things that we have to face. Thanks a lot for listening to Storytelling Secrets, guys. Hope you enjoy my convo with Jillian Bowen. Hey, this is Jules here. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of the podcast. I really appreciate it. So if you want to go check out my guests' freebie, what they spoke about, learn a little bit more about them, maybe they've got an event they spoke about on the podcast, you're gonna find all the information below in the podcast notes. And on top of that, if you really enjoyed the podcast, if you absolutely loved Storytelling Secrets, I'd really appreciate it if you go leave a review on iTunes. It helps get the podcast out to more people and uh, I'd be really, really grateful. On top of that, if you leave a review, a written review, I'd be more than happy to read it out on air. So you're more than welcome to drop a note, say hello to a friend, promote your business, whatever. The mic is yours, so to speak. So other than that, Thank you so much for listening. Go leave a review and I'll see you next time on the podcast.